Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome in to Oklahoma Breakdown, the only podcast in Oklahoma named after the immune systems of the host. <laughs> Matt Ravis, Jack Shields. Jack, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. How are you? Feeling better. Feeling better. Uh, and my voice has sounded better, too, which is great. I didn't think earlier today. I thought I would sound like the uh, people in the anti-tobacco commercials. Thankfully not. At least I think not. Sometimes that's kind of refined. Like Joe Cocker kind of sounded like that when he sang. It's kind yeah. of you know it kind of works sometimes. But. If you got some, yeah, if you got some soul like Joe Cocker does for sure. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah we're here to uh, break down uh, the Oklahoma Kansas game for just a minute. Mainly though, we are here to preview the West Virginia game. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday. Game is on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and so, real quick, just give some service to the Oklahoma Kansas game, Jack. Um, I think it's safe to say that any team that OU plays can anticipate what a thirty percent, uh, you know, um, what am I trying to say? A thirty percent here, like augmentation of their offense. Like they'll they'll do th- it, it, everyone they'll do but Kansas better. State, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you know, TCU. I guess the, I guess the offense itself scored twenty points against OU, and they 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 scored sixteen against Baylor last week, who has a horrible defense. So, I mean, granted, they had, like, their third-string quarterback in there, but, I mean, I don't know how much of a downgrade that was from the Collins kid. Probably not much of one, but, uh, you know, I you, when Kansas scores 40, you know, there people are doing mental gymnastics to justify all of this, and they just need to come to terms with the fact that this defense is not good. It, it's It just, you know, it is what it is. You just need to hope, to, you know, you have to pray that, Hope and pray that this defense, you know, can somehow get a turnover, which they've only, I believe, had eight this year. They've only forced eight turnovers this season. So, I mean, uh, you know, you just kind of have to cross your fingers, hope for the best, and hope that Kyler can just outduel them. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's, you know, this team can still win a Big 12 championship, can make a run in the playoff, but you just kind of have to. I guess take it for now, take it for what it is. I mean, wait for the offseason for the big changes, but for now, this defense just appears to be beyond saving. Yeah, Curtis Bolton is always a guy who will, um, I wouldn't say necessarily tell it like it is. He's a guy who always has his, uh, you know, art or his uh, heart on the sleeve of his shoulder, uh, however you want to say that, but he didn't give any guarantees that the defense was going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, there, there's no guarantee we're going to figure this out by the end of the year, which, you know, saying set that the bar in your, low. There you go. your last regulation. No, I agree uh, with them, though. I mean, it's... Your last regulation game isn't saying very much, but I, I think that kind of tells you a lot about their mindset. Yeah, like, Curtis, I mean, it's... Curtis Bolton is one of the most confident dudes on the whole defense, out, outwardly at least, and um, when he's saying that, uh, it's frustrating. I think it's I, I think it's getting to, getting to uh, not only Curtis Bolton, but the, the rest of the Sooner defense. Yeah, it, it's tough to watch for sure. I mean, you know, it's... When, you know, teams are doing this in several different ways, you know, Kansas rushed for so many yards against Oklahoma, and in the previous games, it was the uh, passing game that was the demise. I mean, there's really no strong suit to this defense oh, at this point. I mean, poison. it's, you know, it's exactly, yeah. How do you want to get beat today? Yeah, exactly. It's it's very rough, very demoralizing. But at the same time, like I said, this offense is insanely good, so it's... Do you think that, uh, you know, in... in kind of throwing out all of the hypothetical situations that you would need for OU to make the college football playoff, purely from a deserving standpoint, is Oklahoma's offense good enough 
to overcome their defense in terms of deserving to get to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, game. if you keep winning games, your schedule is what should speak volumes. I mean, this it's not it shouldn't be. You know, I mean, if you're going to penalize Oklahoma for its defense, you have to look at the fact that the offense is transcendent because that's what it is. It, it's you're this off. I mean, even. In this day and age of college football and high-powered offenses, this offense stands alone. I mean, so if you're going to deduct points for the defense, you have to give them points for the offense and maybe just go by the record. And by the end of the season, if Oklahoma runs the table, they're playing number 13 West Virginia this week. They're playing number 14 Texas next week. I mean, no one else closes that strongly. I mean, Ohio State and Michigan play each other, but they're going to be facing Northwestern in the championship game. So... No one's closing stretch is quite as strong as what Oklahoma's going through right now. So that's if they run the table, even if the defense doesn't look good, it's going to speak for itself. Yeah, it, I, I'm just asking because it seems like uh, when you when you talk to the committee members, not even just this year and years past as well, they have stressed defense, defense, defense. Um, See, but, but like but you like know, Michigan, Tuesday night they seem to shrug it off. So I mean, it's when they were yeah, when it, Mullins it was asked a, about a, it. So. A week to week thing. It's uh, you know, it just depends. On, I, I feel like they're. They're going to let Oklahoma in if teams ahead of them lose. So yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And I, I mean, there are people who would rather not see OU in the college football playoff because of their defense. And I think that's a completely wrong mindset. See, to it have. is like a wrong mindset to, because I mean, you saw there. Oklahoma's crappy defense in 2017 go against Georgia, and the result was the most exciting college football game in years. So why the hell would you not want to watch that? I mean, that's a. That, I mean, that's if a you're an impartial mindset. fan, why the hell would you not want to watch that? I mean, that it's your it's contrasting styles. It's you know, it's fire works why the hell not yeah absolutely uh, again we're recording this on wednesday which means that it is the day before thanksgiving um <coughs> i am in town obviously you're in town too so no no crazy plans there um but kind of normal normal thanksgiving for you yeah i mean my parents are hosting it we've got extended family coming in so it'll be you know pretty low-key we'll be frying turkeys as we do every year we actually we usually fry two turkeys and steam two. Nice. And some end up going to other places. Like uh, we bring one of the fried turkeys to like my dad's office and stuff like that. And so it, they kind of go all over the place. But we usually have a nice assortment of uh, bird at the uh, Thanksgiving. Plenty of good sides too. Stuffing's a must. You have such a nice assortment that you just call it bird. There you go. Yeah, you got you uh, going into the jargon for it. I like it. No, we're uh... don't forget ham though. Ham is delicious. Not, People who slander ham are in trouble with me. By the way, I'm, I'm doing a terrible job of setting everything up. Jason Kersey from The Athletic, uh, we will be talking to him um, in the middle of this, this podcast. You definitely want to stick around for him. Uh, I think he's one of the more um, not only intelligent but also, I guess, well-spoken. I'm not, not trying to uh, bring anybody down on the OUB, but I'm just trying to say all, Jason We Kersey have a good a real, beat here at OU, no, I mean, so but, yeah. Uh, Jason, but Kersey, you know, he's a he's with The Athletic, and The Athletic does great work, so you should definitely follow him on Twitter and read his work if you can, because he's fantastic. Yeah, he's a great writer as You don't well, get so. to write for The Athletic unless you're a really damn good writer, and he is definitely fitting that bill. So They are uh, slowly but surely building up that uh, the, the, the army. Yeah. They're uh, taking pin is mightier than the sword, literally, over at the <laughs> Athletics. So Jason Kersey on later. Um, but he said, you know, we, we asked him about Thanksgiving, that turkey is almost a side, you know, to all of the I kind of sides. agree with that. I mean, Absolutely. if you look at my plate, it's, you know, you get sweet potatoes, you get uh, stuffing, you get rolls, all that stuff. I, I'm a sucker for crescent rolls, but... I, when I was a kid, when I was a picky eater, I just used to pile my entire plate with crescent rolls and a bunch of ketchup. That was, I mean, yeah, it's weird, but I mean, I was a weird kid, but you know, that was that's what I liked. So I still love crescent rolls. Well, actually, but anyway, you and yeah, Patrick Mahomes as a kid, Patrick Mahomes probably still doing that this year at Thanksgiving. Probably, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I usually have like you know two slices of turkey or something like that, and I'll go back for seconds. But I mean, if you look at the plate ratio, there's not that much protein there. I'm uh, I'm I'm house sitting for somebody else, so I'm not going to be staying in one solitary location uh, for tomorrow, which doesn't really mean anything other than that I won't get to drink all day. What are you going to eat? Normally want to. What am I going to eat? Yeah, you like how I'm I'm more concerned with what I'm going to drink. Over well, no, eat. like I want to know both. No, I'm just I I'm I'm just messing with you, but that's uh, that probably tells you about my mindset. But no, I, I turkey, like I said, is a side piece. 
I, I love the green bean casserole. I love the mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, basically anything and everything. Uh, all, all of the sides. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, yeah. Not necessarily a traditional Thanksgiving side, but you can't turn down mac Anything and cheese. Bread based. I'm actually I'm I'm making like some like pesto tortellini, which is definitely not a uh, a Thanksgiving thing, but I feel like I have to contribute in some way. So the non traditional Thanksgiving sides are usually the best surprises. I make so. a badass pesto tortellini, by the way. Not Hell that, yeah! Not, not that that's hard or anything, but uh, it's I have to say it's pretty good. So there we go. Those uh, those are our Thanksgiving plans. Um, What's your Thanksgiving drink of choice? Drink of choice. I'm a beer drinker. I okay. Mean, I, That's where I, I I usually I feel like I drink the heavier beers on Thanksgiving Day, like like the IPAs yeah, and stuff and I, like I, that. I, really, I won't be able to tomorrow, unfortunately, because like I said, got to drive and all that. Oh so, yeah, gotcha. Um, that's kind of a bummer, but um, you know, I red wine I think is good to drink with dinner, but man, between the the turkey, the uh, El Triptofan or whatever it is, and the the red wine. I mean, that makes me want to go into a coma. Yeah. It makes me want to sleep for eight hours. At, at least <laughs> at least eight hours. Uh, so that's uh, – I typically stick with a beer just so I can stay conscious and watch watch the football. There you go. Good way to go about it. Yeah, some Smart. Dec- no, some decent Prudent. games Some decent games on Thanksgiving as well. Um, this is the early game is uh, Lions and Bears. Later on, you got the Redskins and the Cowboys, and then it's like Saints Falcons yeah. at night. So not bad, pretty decent slate of games. I mean, that's that's three rivalry games, so mm-hmm. that's cool. Absolutely, Th- those should be a lot of fun. Um, and real quick, uh, and we're we're going to talk about West Virginia after Jason Kersey signs off with us. But uh, real quick, just to touch on this, um, it is a Friday night game in Morgantown. It is a game that has a lot on the line, a lot of uh, of gravity, if you will. For the game. On the other side, though, it is the day after Thanksgiving. Um, it's going to be cold. Do you think that impacts crazy people in Morgantown in any way? I mean, we saw this two years ago. and The place appeared to be lit, as the kids say, and it was snowing at the time. It was one of the coolest, like, aesthetic college football scenes I've ever seen on TV two years ago when it was snowing in Morgantown. Yeah, and, and those two teams were mixing it up before they, the Like, uh, I think, uh, the yeah, they were mixing it up, and I think... I think this was just playing over the ESPN broadcast. They were playing Country Roads as the snow was falling, right right as it went to break before kickoff. And I was like, oh, my. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> this is magnificent. That was an entertaining game for yeah. sure. And it, yeah, it went in Oklahoma's direction very quickly, so – but yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. There's a lot more on the line this time, I think. So because there's a conference championship game to go to and all that. So absolutely, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be very interesting to see. I my I like to talk about the the panic meter, the concern meter on this podcast. I'm at like an eight a, eight or a nine out of ten. Oh yeah, because like I, I mean I it's just worried. gonna be who has the ball last. So I mean it's basically you know it seems like a coin flip. So yeah, I, I mean granted I. If you're asking me, I would take Oklahoma's offense over West Virginia's just because of the power run element that Oklahoma has. But at the same time, you might only have – I think we're going to have more than one back at – I think Oklahoma's going to have more than one back at its disposal. But Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. I mean, that, that could have an impact on the number of carries uh, the backfield as a whole gets. But, uh, you know, I, I – with you know, as good as Oklahoma's offensive line as I – I would pick Oklahoma for sure, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll save the score predictions for after we talk to Jason Kersey. But I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I'm going to side with OU for the very first time this year. But we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll get into that after we talk to Jason Kersey from the Athletic, and that is coming up next on Oklahoma Breakdown. We are talking to Jason Kersey. Uh, he covers Oklahoma football for The Athletic, along with all of the other uh, scores of reporters uh, who work for The Athletic as well. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing good. Uh, glad you were on, ready for this OU-West Virginia game tomorrow night. Or not tomorrow night, I, I should say uh, Friday night. I'm completely off as far as this week's schedule is concerned. It has completely thrown me off rhythm with Thanksgiving and game being on Friday and shit like that. But, like... Uh, Jason, obviously you're a veteran of the OU beat. I mean, you were with uh, SEC country covering Arkansas for a bit, but uh, before that you were with OU for a bit, or covering OU for a bit, I should say. But uh, I take it you've been to Morgantown to cover a game in the past. So 
since we don't have a West Virginia guest with us this week, we're uh, going to need a bit of your help. What's your general impression of Morgantown, West Virginia, and what should traveling Oklahoma fans expect? Oh, well, I love Morgantown. Uh, it's one of my favorite road venues. I've been there twice. I went there in, in, 24, in 2012, the Tavon Austin game. I was at that game. And, uh, and then in 2014, um, OU won, I think it was 49 to 30 or 49 to 31. They won, uh, up there. So those are the two games that, that I've been to there. Um, it's just such a different place. It's so unlike anything else in the big 12. It's, it's, um, you know, obviously the, the, the community is just different. It's a, it's a very hilly town, um, you know, right there in the middle of the Appalachian mountains and, um, you know, only a couple hour drive from Pittsburgh, which is where I always fly into. And Pittsburgh's just a wonderful city as well. Honestly, it's a great, great city. Um, so it's a really fun trip. Uh, and I think, uh, OU fans should, I mean, I know it's kind of an expensive trip, but I think OU fans should try to make that trip at least once because it's so, it's so different than Lubbock and Dallas and Fort Worth and, you know, Waco and Ames and all those sorts of places. It's just very unique. And then in terms of the crowd, it's just it's very loud. Um, they uh, they're very prideful, and I think that uh, could present a, a, a specific challenge to OU this week because it's on a Friday night. It's for a berth in the Big Twelve Championship game, um, and you know, uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it's going to be a really exciting atmosphere. Morgantown's definitely on my bucket list. I did make it to Knoxville. I imagine. It's got a bit of a similar vibe to that. I mean, when you were going through the tailgates, people were just, you know, offering moonshine to anyone wearing red. So I imagine it's something similar in Morgantown. Yeah, uh, it is. It's very similar to that. Yeah. (laughs) So now, shifting to OU, nothing about OU's defense seems to be a secret at this point. It just seems like they are who they are. And as things currently stand with this defense... What would they have to do specifically to limit this West Virginia offense? Oh, man. You know. Where to begin, right? I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's the the problem is that there's no easy answer to that because, you know, they've uh, one week they're really bad against the pass. One week they're really bad against the run. I mean, I I don't know that there are any, any easy fixes or any specific things. I mean, I think that everyone should just sort of be resigned to the fact this is going to be a, a shootout. Um, West Virginia's defense isn't very good either. So, I mean, I would expect this game to be, I mean, I, I saw the, uh, the over under is set at like 83 or something. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. This game is going to yeah. have 120 points in it. Like, does anybody yeah. really think that it's not going to have 120 points in it? No, no they might hit the over in the third quarter. Yeah. And so, <laughs> So, I, I mean, I, I think that it's going to be a, a, an exciting game between two really elite quarterbacks, two elite offenses. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a lot like that 2012 game where it's just sort of who – pardon me. It's just whoever has the ball last, I think, uh, will have a good chance to win it. And and then if there can be – a you know, if, if there is a, a turnover or something that can sort of alter the game, um, I wouldn't expect the OU defense to get a turnover because they're historically bad at uh, getting takeaways this year. But, I mean, that's sort of uh, – that, that's what this game's going to hinge on, I think. Which defense can come up with a turnover or a, or a stop, uh, one or two stops to, uh, the, to give it an advantage? I mean, I, I know I didn't answer your question, but I really don't know how to. I'm there sorry. really isn't an answer <laughs> to the question. So, I mean, and you pretty much covered it. I mean, you covered, you know, the – you know how maddening this entire thing is so i mean that's uh definitely satisfactory but i mean you know speaking of the defense pete golding seems to be the name that's uttered the most commonly at this point for the dc opening do you see anything with that hypothetical hire to be concerned with and how likely do you think that hypothetical hire is to uh go down before the start of the early signing period well, I don't know what you're talking about because I asked Lincoln Riley if he's thinking about the defensive coordinator <laughs> job, and he said he's not thinking about it at all. So, I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, God, that shit is – can I say shit? Sorry. Yes, yeah, so you can say fuck okay. shit, whatever you want. Okay, that shit is frustrating <laughs> because it's so obviously not true. 
uh, you know, when people say that they're not thinking, oh, I'm focused on this team, well, then are you also not recruiting? Because you're clearly thinking about next year <laughs> in some ways. So whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the name that's getting tossed around a lot. You know, I don't know if that'll end up being the guy. I mean, I, I think um, it's just hard to know. I mean, he was at UTSA and now he's at Alabama, but he's not calling the defense. I, I you know, I, I would – my uh, sort of thought would be that you'd want someone who has called defense or who, who is coming from a place where they're calling defense. Um, you know, I don't know. Considering that, the issues that we've seen in the past with, you know, defensive coordinators lately. So play calling right. seems like I mean, a, yeah, that, of that, utmost importance. That's, that would be my hang-up about Pete Golding. It's just that he's not calling plays right now. And that's not to say he can't and he has in the past, whatever, but – um, I would think that you'd want a guy who has a system in place that they've run for a while, you know, kind of like what Bob Stoops went after when he got Lincoln Riley. He, he, his, his stated goal was to find a, a guy who has a system in place and, you know, has run that same system for a while and it's a play caller and all those things. And I just don't know if you get that with Pete Golding. Yeah, that's definitely one side of the coin. I mean, he definitely did a fantastic job with UTSA, though. I think uh, it was when he took over at UTSA, they were 104th in defensive S&P Plus, and when he left, they were 20th. So, I mean, he's obviously good at, you know, improving a defense over time and in a short period of time, but granted, that's at a bit of a different level of football. But on another uh, negative topic, uh, needless to say, Depth appears to be a bit of an issue with the running back situation right now. Uh, Kennedy Brooks could very well be the only available back this week. Uh, if he's the only one who's able to go, how do you think that you know impacts the play calling in this game? And also, if he's the only guy that's able to go, and if he goes down, what the hell do they do? I mean, I have no clue which direction they go with it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, because, um, you know, the, the great thing about Brooks and Sermon the last few weeks, well, before last week, I guess, has been that they've been, you know, neither of them have had to get a ton of carries. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know. Do you want to give Kennedy Brooks 25 or 30 carries all, all by himself against West Virginia? I don't know. I mean, if he's all you've got, he's all you've got. And they, they certainly uh, want to keep the offense sort of uh, operating the same way it has. It's been remarkably balanced and great at both the pass and the run. But when you only have one guy, uh, I don't know how that changes it. And, and you know, it, it, Pledger suited up last week. So that kind of leads me to believe that maybe he might be able to play. Um, that would certainly be good. Uh, Sermon sort of up in the air. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of times this year where we thought Sermon wasn't going to play, and then he did. So I don't know that I'd be all that surprised if, if all three of them are, are, are uh, suited up. But to answer your question, if, it's, if, Brooks, if something was to happen to Brooks and he's the only one, I honestly don't know what they do. I mean, I guess Jeremiah Hall maybe, but he's not really that athletic sort of guy that no. you, you, would, you, would, uh, you would want back there. I mean, I don't know if they try to get creative and – and put, you know, I don't Pull know. Pull a Tavon Austin with yeah, Marquise yeah, that, Brown. That, How about yeah, that? that? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, if you know, you find a way to do something like that if they've worked him back there at all and gotten him some reps or, or someone like that. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's 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 going to be really interesting to see what they do because if they if they are uh, limited at running back, I mean, that takes away a huge part of what they do on offense. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the best case scenario is just try to really hope that Trey Sermon and, and or uh, TJ Pledger are available. Yeah, so certainly that's that, that's the goal, uh, or that's the hope at least, but if it, it is just Kennedy Brooks, I mean, you think we see more Kyler Murray design running? Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, this he you know, for a lot of the season, you know, when it was kind of just Sermon getting a lot of those carries um, before Brooks really emerged and Sutton was still sort of, you know, getting a few carries here and there. I mean, Murray was the second leading rusher for a while on this team. And I think he's still the third leading rusher. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that certainly you have that element um, and it's, a, and it's a dangerous weapon. So I'm sure they'll use it. All right. So let's shift to Thanksgiving talk. The what's important your, stuff. Yeah. The important stuff. Uh, what's your go-to side on Thanksgiving? 
Well, I'm, I'm, I love stuffing. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I, uh, I like sweet potatoes. I mean, I like, I like everything. I mean, I can't, I can't, you know what? I can't really pick. I love it all. The truth is like, I like Turkey, but Turkey to me is like, is like the side, you know, like everything else to me is, (laughs) is what I really like. I like green beans and mashed potatoes and rolls and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that it's it's kind of like have you guys ever been to Babes in the DFW area the chicken no place? I've oh wait a minute is it uh is that kind of near SMU well there's a bunch of them there's a bunch okay of them. I think I know what you're talking about but so, yeah so it's a fried chicken place where they bring out the chicken uh and but then the sides it's like mashed potatoes and gravy and and uh, corn and whatever and that stuff is all served like all you can eat like they just keep bringing it to your table until you tell them i to think stop. i've done that yeah and that's... and and to me i love babes and the chicken is good but that's not the best part of babes it's the sides and that's kind of how i feel about thanksgiving so there you go uh, you know now shifting over to turkey talk what's the best way to prepare a turkey you're asking the wrong person i've never done it before so i i can't i can't uh I can't answer. I'm sorry. You got to throw it in the deep fryer. That is the correct answer with okay. Cajun injection and all the seasoning and shit. So, okay. That is the way to go. Okay. Well, now, good to know. <laughs> sorry. No, about no, that, tom- but, uh, no, tomorrow. I, I had to pontificate there. Tomorrow night, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty funny. A big group of the OUB. We're all going to, we found a restaurant in Pittsburgh that's doing Thanksgiving dinner. So there's like 10 of us going to have a Thanksgiving meal in Pittsburgh tomorrow night since we're all going to be away from our family. Excellent. I was wondering what the situation would be with that. My thought was maybe you guys would go to like Promani Brothers and like have a turkey sandwich there or something like <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. But... We wanted to have the, the and there are some restaurants we found a bunch and we we settled on one and made a reservation. So you know, I mean, that's the cool thing about being back on the OUB is is you know, I mean, this is getting a little off topic here, but you know, the, go for the, it. Yeah, a lot a lot of us are very good friends, and it's it's. Uh, it's really fun to be back around Eric Bailey, Ryan Aber, um, you know, Kerry Murdoch, all those guys are, are uh, really good buddies. So we're all Eddie Radosevich, obviously the funniest person in the world. We're all, we're, we all uh, have a good time. Yeah. We, we're all fans of the OU beat too. Cause all of you are nice to OU fan blogs. So we're yeah. cool with all of you too. So, hey, more any- <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I'm going to give you a list of draft-eligible players, and I'm going to have you rate the likelihood of them declaring on a scale of 1 to 10. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. All right, Marquise Brown. Ooh, um, I'll say 7. I, I think he probably will, but, you know, he, he's been a little injured here and there. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think he probably will, though. Yeah, I would say so. I, th- he, I think he's projected first round by most yeah. of you know. Yeah. Most of those things, but uh, all right, Bobby Evans. I would say like six on him. I mean, I, I think he. I, I mean, I. He's he's had a good year, but I mean, you know, I think him and Cody Ford could both potentially go pro. Um, but you know, I I, I don't know I, I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm kind of winging it here. I haven't put any thought into this. So six. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, well, the next one was Cody Ford. What you got there? Six. Okay, cool. All right, sounds good. All right, Matt, what do you got? Uh, I, I mean, I was just wondering. I wanted to know, switching to the, the college football playoff, Jason, uh, not necessarily the four teams who are going to get in, but in your mind, the four teams who you think deserve to get in, at least at this this juncture of the season. Yeah. Um, well, I probably would just go with the top four as they – Top four? As they are right I mean, now. I, th- I mean, I think, I think Al- that's reasonable. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan, I think, have been the four best teams this year. Um, and if they all went out, I think they should all get in. Now, where things get interesting is if Notre Dame loses a game, they still have a lot of good wins on their resume. But if they lose to USC, that's a bad loss um, yes. with, with how USC is playing. Um, and they don't have a conference championship game. So that I think that would one loss would pretty well knock them out. If Michigan loses to Ohio State, you know, I just don't see how Ohio State can can get in. I mean, I, you know, they just looked so bad in that Purdue loss, and uh, and they should have lost to Maryland last week. I, I mean, I I think you know the biggest threat to OU is, is Notre Dame. I think because 
you know, Notre Dame takes away a, an entire conference from getting in. And so um, I, I don't think that the two SEC thing will happen this year just because Georgia's not going to beat Alabama. There's, it's just not happening no. this year. And so, um, so I mean, to me, what OU fans should be rooting for is for USC to win this weekend. And I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, nor do I. Yeah, USC is a ass, to say the least. So, uh, now, in one hypothetical, do you think that a 12-1 Oklahoma would get in over a 12-1 Ohio State? I do. I do, and it's because of the, uh, it's because of the losses. So, uh, the way that I – I mean, and, you know, I don't know what the committee's going to do. They confuse me a lot of times with, with some of the things that they do or some of their logic, but, like – my, my thought would be if 12, if Ohio State beats Michigan and wins the Big Ten and OU beats West Virginia and wins the Big 12 by avenging the Texas loss, um, I would think OU should get in above them. Now, obviously, the defense is terrible, and that's going to be a big problem for them no matter who they play. But I think that in, in that case, um, you know, OU's loss is a better loss, and they have avenged avenged that loss um, and won the conference and you have Kyler Murray and I think that these guys are probably in some way thinking about wanting to get the best players in the playoff if they can and Kyler Murray would be a great guy to have uh, playing in, in one of these playoff games yeah absolutely now speaking of which with avenging the Texas loss who would you take right now in an OU Texas rematch I think I'd take OU because I, I, I think um, – I, I just don't know if I – the defense is going to be bad, but I don't see Kyler Murray turning the ball over twice again, you know, like that. Exactly. And so – and if that doesn't happen, OU probably wins that game. So um, I would probably take OU, but I don't think it would be a blowout. I think it would probably be close, and I wouldn't be surprised if Texas won. And, and honestly um, – but brought that up and I did want to make the point that like, that's one thing I'd be a little worried about this weekend is Kyler Murray in this environment, because in the two toughest road environments he's played in the OU Texas game and Texas tech, he's turned the ball over twice. And so if that happens in Morgantown, which is going to be a tough place, um, they could really be in a lot of trouble. So that's, that's one thing I would worry about as an OU fan this weekend with, with the offense. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing that's been, rattling around in my brain in the event of an OU Texas rematch in Arlington is the crowd balance. I mean, I mean, it's different when you're not selling half the tickets to Oklahoma fans and selling half the tickets to Texas fans. I mean, UT has more alumni in the DFW area and has more t-shirt fans in the DFW area. What do you think would be the uh, ratio of fans there? I kind of think that, that is a it would maybe be question. 60... I, I was thinking maybe 60-40 Texas. Yeah, probably. That's a great question because that's not something I'd really thought about. But It's you're right. never been in play. I mean, yeah. it's... Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, who would have the edge? It's still sort of halfway between Norman and Austin, but, you know, I mean, I don't know how the tickets are allocated. Obviously, I think each school gets, gets an allocation, but the, a lot of them are just on sale to the general public, so it's a little different. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I, geez, I, I, I guess probably sixty forty sounds about right for Texas. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a if it's fairly even. I mean, OU had o, OU also has a lot of alums in the DFW area, and yeah, absolutely. And it's not like it's a far drive, and there's, that's going to be a pretty hot ticket, especially to see Kyler Murray play in it, and to you know, um, potentially see them clinch a playoff berth and to see OU and Texas play again. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I lean towards what you said. I mean, I think Texas probably has a slight edge, but that's a great question. All right, Matt, do you have anything before we get to the rapid fire? No, I think I'm, I think I'm set. All right, sounds good. All right, you ready for the rapid fire? Uh, yes, absolutely. All right, favorite. I, like, I think I'm ready. I okay. Think so. <laughs> favorite bar on Campus Corner? Um, O'Connell's. What's your go-to order at Diamond Dogs? I've only been there once. So what? I've only been there once. It was when I was on the OU Daily, George Stoya's podcast. And uh, I got the one with the, <laughs> uh, uh, with the uh, 
what's the the most famous one? Whatever that Captain is. Captain Crunch one? Yeah, I can't one. even remember yeah, what that's yeah, called. I got but that one. It was yeah. good. It was good. So I'll go with that. Okay. What's your go-to beverage choice during Thanksgiving, like uh, booze-wise? Um, you know, for most things, I usually go with beer, but uh, Thanksgiving, I'm usually more of a wine guy. So, like, Cabernet, probably. That seems to be a trend. I mean, yeah, that's people who don't usually drink wine seem to drink yeah. wine on Thanksgiving and tend to wear sweaters when they don't usually wear sweaters. Yes. It's just kind of one of those holidays. <laughs> but uh, right. I'm sorry, I'm, this isn't really rapid fire. I'm explaining my answers too much. Oh I'm no! Sorry. Like every every <laughs> single person we do this with does the same thing. I think Eddie and us talked about uh, bills for like five minutes. So like it's you know, okay, <laughs> it, it's all good. But like uh, Thanksgiving, let's stick with that. If you could put one college football head coach in charge of preparing Thanksgiving, who would you choose? Oh, man. Um, probably Leach, just because he's so eclectic <laughs> and weird. He probably, you know, he probably knows all about, uh, you know, he probably, may, he probably knows everything about how to cook a turkey and stuff. So I guess, I mean, just because he seems to know about everything randomly. So uh, I guess That's I'd true. go with Leach. He'd probably have a bunch of conspiracy theories about Thanksgiving and stuff like that too, so that'd be kind of entertaining. But Matt, what's uh, what's your call here? Um, I don't know if there's a better answer than Mike Leach out there. I th- I think that any I other. I think I have one, but you do. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the thing about Mike Leach too is you may not get the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. You may get like tamales or Ooh, something, that's or like true. Italian yeah. food, something weird, but it's gonna be good. Yeah. Okay. Mine is Ed Ogeron. Oh, okay, Cajun with the Cajun food. Not gonna that, understand. I mean, a word that's that he says, it, well but. true, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna probably have plenty. I, I mean, yeah, he'll probably have plenty of booze. He's gonna have all sorts of Cajun dishes that he probably learned from his great grandmother or something like that. And you know, that would probably be the one for me, just because I think Cajun food is our nation's best cuisine. I love Cajun food. Some kick-ass turkey po' boy or something. There you mm. go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Give you a good prep talk, too, Eddie Owen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Thank you, Jason Kersey, or Jason Kersey, rather, right? Is that the correct way to pronounce it, Kersey? Kersey. Uh, Jersey. Jersey with a K is how I. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Jason Kersey, uh, he works for The Athletic. And correct me if I'm wrong here, you buy a subscription to The Athletic, you get access to the, the whole site, correct? That is correct. So yeah, it's definitely definitely worth it. One of the best uh, things you could spend your money on. Um, not not all that expensive at all. Uh, certainly worth it. You guys do some great stuff I, over there. I do it. It's definitely worth the money. There you go. Absolutely. Christmas gift for yourself and for other people. Jason Kersey, really appreciate your time tonight. Thanks so much for coming on. No problem. Anytime, guys. Big thank you to Jason Kersey of The Athletic. Like we said, uh, highly worth it to buy one of those subscriptions. They put out some of the best content um, across the, the sports spectrum, really, the, the Athletic. So big thank you to Jason Kersey, especially uh, for his time tonight in The Athletic for loaning him out. Um, yeah, he knows knows his stuff for sure, doesn't he? Oh, he's outstanding. Yeah, he's really good. And, yeah, you sh- good I would definitely encourage people to uh, get a subscription to The Athletic. I know that's not SB Nation, but... There's uh, there's plenty of room for everyone. Guess what? You, know what you I mean? can read both. You can read both. You can read The Athletic. You can read Sooner Scoop. You can read 24-7. You can read The Brainiacs. You can read everything you want. <laughs> it's, yep. you, know, you can, you can, you can pay for it. You can do it for free yeah. however you want to go however about you do it. it. It's a free country. It's amazing. Uh, amazing how that works. So, uh, yeah, lots of great coverage all around. So, like I said, appreciate Jason for giving us his time tonight. Uh, before we get in back into this West Virginia OU game, uh Gotta have some time to talk about basketball. That time of the year uh, where basketball is just starting to get into the swing of things. And before we know it, it's going to be the only sport that we have to talk about for uh, a, a couple of months until baseball rolls around. And nobody wants to talk about baseball anyway, so... I'll talk a little bit about baseball, yeah, but we'll, we can get we'll, I'll get you to talk a little bit about baseball we can get, when we it can comes give it around five to the ten spring. Minutes, but, but, uh, man, until, until August, it's real hard to... Uh, to get into baseball, but regardless, basketball time. Uh, OU basketball playing all right, not playing pretty, not, not pretty playing good. Terribly. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of a a little bit of a pleasant pleasant surprise. But I mean, granted, this is you know 
star power. Uh, this isn't is a there. Ve- the star power isn't necessarily there, but uh, this is a veteran team uh, with a pretty good coach and seem to have pretty good chemistry. They're playing hard, playing good defense. I mean, just beat Florida. <coughs> Granted, Florida is uh, not its usual Florida self this year. At least it doesn't appear to be the case. I mean, I think they were picked fifth in the SEC preseason media poll and. You know, the SEC is going to be pretty good this year, I think. But uh, they got smoked by Florida State to open the season, and they didn't appear to have their shit together against Oklahoma today. Granted, it was a very good win for Oklahoma. They The effort was fantastic, you know, night and day from last year. The ball movement was good. This team has a togetherness to it, I mean, that you haven't seen in the last couple of years. So it's... Definitely refreshing. I'm yeah. I'm really you know looking forward to watching Trey, OU basketball this year. Plus, yeah, Trey, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. I was just gonna say Trey Young, um, so good. Obviously, ha- having a great year for the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, a talented basketball player, right? But um, so disruptive. It, it it's like. it seemed to sort of disrupt things. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and it was very fun when it was clicking. But once it wasn't, it was. It was rough when the when, when the shots aren't falling and the offense is running through one person. It's just not healthy. Well, and not mean, only that, yeah, it felt like he got beat down over the course. He, of the oh, absolutely. Season. Like, I mean, going up against then, the Javon Carters of the Big Twelve, you know, and it's not just Javon Carter. I mean, every team in the Big Twelve is well coached and plays good defense. So you know, it was it's you know, and once it all starts focusing on him, it, it was really wearing him down. It seemed you know both physically and mentally. So. That just wasn't really a, I guess, a healthy arrangement for sustained success. So, no, but right I, now, you know, I, I, this team could definitely surprise some people, and the future's looking really bright with the recruiting. So, I, I think uh, it's been a bit of a tumultuous couple of seasons for OU basketball, and since the Final Four. So, you know, it's it kind of feels like it's truly getting on the right track and becoming, you know, a a healthy organism again. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, as far as last year, too, teammates <coughs> never seemed too on board with it, especially when it started going downhill. Yeah, it, it was rough. things out of the locker room. It was, yeah, it was they, rough they to watch. They weren't a fan of it. So um, as crazy as it sounds, I, I wouldn't say it's a better team than last year, but it's um, a pleasant surprise. A pretty easy team to root for, it, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm really happy for Christian James. He gets to kind of be the alpha after – Four years, so I mean, it's and you know, Jamani McNeese played really well today. Richard Odoms played really well today. I mean, it, there's a lot of good leadership on this team, so I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, the Big Twelve is going to be really, really, really tough as it is every year. So I mean, even if this team finishes, you know, seventh in the league, they could still make the NCAA tournament theoretically, and these non-conference wins certainly go a long way. So maybe they can beat Wisconsin tomorrow. So. So uh, real quick to tie, <coughs> kind of uh, segue, tie tie some stuff together. Uh, I saw a tweet from a Barstool West Virginia um, talking about. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? They were kind of throwing shade at Oklahoma, saying, um, "What was it? It was Kansas and Kansas basketball, Oklahoma football, uh, saying that they were one sport schools." Where do you think OU basketball is in relation historically to to West Virginia basketball? OU you, has first of all, it's not probably not fair to say that Oklahoma's a once. I mean, West school. Virginia has some history in basketball. I mean, they had Jerry West. I mean, they they have a that bit counts of history, for something. Though, but he I mean, has the logo. OU has, I, I believe, OU has more NCAA tournament wins than any school that hasn't won the NCAA tournament. Which is, I mean, that's not necessarily a positive statistic, yeah, but like it, it, it really is kind of. It does speak volumes for how much success this program's had over the years. I mean, you've. Had a, you know, you've had two national players of the year in the past decade. I mean, you had Trey Young, you uh, you know had Wayman Tisdale back in the day. Stacy King, Mookie Blaylock had that great 1988 team. I mean, it's this is a basketball program that I think has slept on nationally and within the state, largely because of the uh, perception of the football program. Is this a, uh, a tournament team this year? A tournament caliber? Uh, I it's it's early. I, you know, they showed something today. I mean, last year was not a team that could really grind out games. This team seems to be a bit different in that regard. I, I 
You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say this team finishes somewhere in the like six seven range in the Big Twelve, and that'll probably be good enough to uh, make it to the uh, NCAA tournament. Especially with this, uh, they're gonna have a lot of opportunities to pick up uh, quality wins in this non conference schedule. OU always schedules a good schedule in a non conference. So absolutely, we'll, uh, so staying relevant, and that's good for yeah, absolutely recruiting, yeah. good for. Good for everything, selling beer in the Lloyd Noble yeah, I can't wait. Center, so uh, hopefully you can get some fans out there uh, this year. Uh, so let's get into, uh, I guess, Thunder basketball for a second. I, we are recording this Wednesday night, uh, so by the time you're hearing this, um, the Thunder and the Warriors game will have already been decided, um, but I guess we can try to uh, make a prediction because we really – Want to put that onus on ourselves? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure I, I we mean, won't look bad or anything like that. Yeah, disappointing loss to the Kings. That team seems to have the Thunder's number. Um, Russell they are Westbrook pretty comes good, back. Though. I mean, Buddy Heald's. I mean, he's on no, fire. That's not. Right that's now. not your. Uh, I say vintage Kings team. No, that's no. Not, I mean, that's not that, that's that's a feisty Kings team, and you haven't been able to say that in a long, long time. So, Russell Westbrook came back. Um, Look, that's going to disrupt things. That's that's how it's going to be. He is, uh, has a historic usage rate. And I'm not saying Russell Westbrook is bad for this team or anything, but they had figured some stuff out on both sides of the ball. And Russell Westbrook comes back, and um, what do you know? All that seems to unspool. So I don't think that's sustainable. He looked rusty. Um, look, it's they had one tenable. He'll get it together. It's about time to drop know, a game. Pretty soon. I mean, yeah, it's okay to drop a few games. The Gold, the they're, they're playing very well. So. And the Golden State Warriors have absolutely nothing to worry about. Uh, no injuries, <laughs> no drama there. No, I'm just kidding. No Steph Curry. Uh, I love watching this from afar, by the way. It's <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, Draymond is just unraveling. No no Steph Curry, no no Draymond in the game uh, due to injuries. I saw Kevin Durant liked a, like an, he liked an Instagram comment. Which, by the way, they know that everybody can see yeah. that stuff. So I, I feel like they're they making a statement. Control, but I mean, he uh, liked a comment saying about how the Kings, or uh, rather the Warriors, could trade Draymond if Demarcus Cousins is healthy. Woo! Like, okay, so this is a this is a healthy situation. But um, just speaking basketball wise, without Steph Curry, that is an average. They are the definition of an average offensive team. If you look at offensive rating, dead in the middle. They're fifteenth without Steph Curry. Uh, defensively. Also average without Draymond Green, um, and let's, if they're missing one superstar, they are way they're spread so thin that they are a huge disadvantage. If they're missing two superstars, they're screwed. They're dead yeah. in the water. So I think this is a game that the Thunder can win, um, and, and possibly win convincingly. So I'm not going to say a double digit victory by the Thunder or anything, but I would ex- you know I would expect them to win against the Warriors. I'm call yeah I'm calling a Thunder victory on the road. Let's do it. Let's roll with it. All right, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. I like it. Uh, what about this uh, OU West Virginia game? You ready to pick this one? Ugh. Um. All right, Oklahoma favored by three. Uh, let's say Oklahoma wins. Uh, let's go fifty-eight, fifty-four. That's about my score prediction. Oh, you beats the spread by a point. That's about my score prediction. If you flip the two teams, I I really think West Virginia is going to win this game. No, yeah, I know, I know, I can't come on Oklahoma's own podcast, Oklahoma Breakdown podcast, but I, I feel yeah, really that's sh- fine. We make an ec- an effort to be objective. Here. No, yeah, an an, an, yeah, I'm not trying to be biased at all. Like I said, my level of concern um, is about an eight or a nine out of ten. Uh, I do think OU's offense is my more dynamic. I do think that they have more weapons. Um, however, their defense, like I said, adds about 30% production to anybody they play. And kind of the great equalizer here is that it's in Morgantown, and it's on a Friday night. They're going to be amped. This game means a lot. Um, I, I don't think you can discount that home field advantage as well for West Virginia. I know that there's a history in that now, granted, West Virginia has not beat OU. Since two years ago, when that crowd was juiced, it seemed to get West Virginia a little too hyped up, and That's they kind of lost got a little their un- shit. Undisciplined. I, mean, it's, you know, I was reading the uh, Q and A on uh, Crimson Cream Machine, yeah. uh, with the West Virginia guy, and I think he, I think he said as much, right? Yeah, if, he did. If, if yeah, he said un- if he sees any stuff. bullshit in the pregame or uh, in the first few plays, then he's not going to be confident at all in West Virginia's chances. So. I think that tells you what Greer, they think about it. I think under Will Greer, a guy who is um, uh, very, very fiery, very much a competitor. Uh, I, I, I think this is it. I think this is a year. So I think I'm going to say 58-54, West Virginia. Interesting. All right, you're on. 
Yeah, I, 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 put, I put it out there. That's the first time on this podcast I predicted OU is going to lose. But this is the hardest opponent OU's had all year. Yeah, absolutely. The best Completely team. agree with that, yeah. Uh, I mean, looking at what quarterbacks like Taylor Cornelius and Peyton Bender have done, I'm um, thinking about what Will Greer may do to the secondary. It's, um, I think it, it's great. Made Sam Ellinger look like Vince Young, so, you know, we'll, you know. And I'm not saying OU has no chance to win. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, it, it could just come down to which team doesn't shoot itself in the foot. It's, it simply could come down to that, yeah. or it could just be a who has the ball last sort of thing. Uh, so my, my, my pick is purely based on, on, on instinct. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, that's all you can really do at this point when it's a, you know, when you know for basically a fact it's going to be a shootout. So. so there you go. Don't call me a homer ever again because, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ever called me an OU homer before. I've been called a Thunder homer and a Thunder hater. Uh, but I think I've called you a thunder hater before. Thunder hater, I uh, yeah. You got to give some like people sugarcoat stuff around here. Let's be real. They you do. Gotta, you got to give it some. Uh, I sugarcoat things sometimes. It depends on my mood. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm anti OU everything. If I'm in a good mood, I'm all about everything. So I mean, it just kind of depends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I imagine that's how it is if you're on the radio too. I mean, I, I imagine your takes sort of shift with your mood. Is that true? Shift with the day, even yeah. yeah. So yeah, with the mood for sure. It um, yeah, it just depends how you're feeling. And they are uh, subject to change too. This isn't old takes exposed. I can change my mind. Damn it, I'm allowed to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's just a uh, a pet peeve of mine. But anyway, great stuff today. I thought. Uh, big thank you to Jason Kersey of the Athletic. Jack, it's Kersey, not Kersey. Did we I say Kersey? No, you said oh, it right. Kersey, it's Kersey, yeah. like Kersey. New Jersey. That's what he told us. Yeah, absolutely. So Jason Kersey of the Athletic again. Uh, subscribe, read all of their stuff. I think they have, even have a free trial as well. Uh, so definitely, they go. have great content. Yeah. I don't know if I've already said that, but across all all of the sports, every professional in in they have great sports. thunder coverage. I mean, yeah, it's good stuff. Yep, absolutely. So big thanks to uh, Jason, Jack. Great job today. Uh, For Jack, I'm Matt Ravis. Thank you so much for listening to Oklahoma Breakdown. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.